direct hello how are you guys doing awesome you're all in that section great job great job not one single person on the side i love it i seriously love it i'm not being sarcastic because sometimes there's that one person in that chair and i can just feel them staring at my ear the whole show very i I don't have a lot of confidence in my ears So I appreciate that you guys understand that about me, and you all sat in the front. Can't see my ears at all, right? It's perfect. You guys give it up for me. I'm your host. Thank you. I want to start by saying how much... I've lived in Los Angeles for three years. It feels like 300, because there is no way to tell time in this city. (laughs) There are no seasons. You're just like, yep, same day. Same day forever. But I've lived here for three years, and a moment happened on the way to this show that just endeared me to this city, I think, for the rest of my life. Because it's slowly been building on me. When I first lived here, I was like, I hate it here. It's so hot. Everything's on a hill, and it's dusty. Why is anybody living here? You have to drive everywhere. This is terrible. And two years in, I was like, pools are great. People are a little rude, but the pools are awesome. And then the third year, I was driving today in here. And as you guys know, it rained today. And this morning, I woke up to our apartment. And I say our, because you guys know our co-host, Cameron Esposito, is out today. That's why I'm here. So give it up for her. She's shooting a movie. I apologize. My aside made no sense. Cameron Esposito, co-host. She gone. Clap. I've been alone for four days, so this is, I'm doing great. You guys are kind of understanding what I'm saying. I'm doing great. So anyway, I was driving here. It rained this morning. Woke up to the rain. We live next to an apartment building that is so close, we can hear every toilet flush. We can hear every loogie hawk. It's insane. We live next door to a 24-hour baby. It's terrible. So I thought this morning, I like started to wake up, I was like, who is taking a shower that loud this early in the morning with a garden hose? There is a drought. This is insane. And then I fell asleep and I woke back up and I was like, they're still taking a shower? We're stealing Colorado's water for this. And then I realized, oh, it's raining. Oh, weather is happening. Got it. So I was driving in, listening to like, uh, I think it's 101.1. Is that the classic rock station? I keep it locked to 101.1. And the DJ was like transitioning into Wheel in the Sky by Journey coming on. And he was like, you may have spun that wheel in the sky earlier when it rained and the world fell apart. That's what I love about Los Angeles is that it rained in Los Angeles and the world fell apart. That's my favorite thing. He was like, come on out. It's done now, guys. Hey, the world. Rain is the biggest problem in the world, right? 
Put on a hat. Ooh, don't want to ruin your hair. So that's why I love Los Angeles, because we think we're the world. And I love that about us, because we are. We are the world. <laughs> Making it a better place. So some of you might be able to notice that my face looks wrong, um, <laughs> because I got hit in the face with a baseball two days ago. Some of you might know me, that I play recreational league baseball. Someone's laughing, that's hilarious. <laughs> the thing I like to say about playing uh, rec league baseball is that every time I tell somebody that, they go, don't you mean softball? Which is like a hilarious, sexist reaction. Because number one, it's like the only sport that we have like a women's version of it. Like just a whole separate other thing that's not the same sport really. And then the worst sexist part of it is that they think that women are so stupid, they don't even know the sport they're actively playing. Like I'm just on riding a horse going, woo, frisbee is fun. So I play rec league baseball and I got hit in the face with a baseball. I was playing not my position. I was playing second. I usually play third. It took a wicked hop. Many people on both teams told me that it was a wicked hop. I tried my best. Basically, as soon as I could say glove higher, I like got hit in the face. That's how fast uh, it hit me. And I did get some stitches, but from the ball. From the ball. Stitches. Because stitches are on the baseball. And then also sometimes when you get hurt, they give you stitches. So I thought that would be funny if I just reference both of those things at the same time. But I only got one of them. And it's right there on my face. So, but I did go to the hospital because I have like, uh, I don't know, free insurance or whatever. And um, I was concerned that I might have a concussion and mostly because, again, Cameron Esposito is out of town. So I had nobody to like hang out with me and be like, hey, 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 you all right? Hey, 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 hey. Because I would have ridden it out. But I was like, I'm alone. I like basically got hit in the face with a baseball, took a knee, got up and was like, I'm done. And then just like walked to the dugout and got my stuff. I was like, I'm alone. I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm, I'm in a really great frame of mind. But I went to the doctor and it, it took a while. It wasn't too bad, too long of a wait. And uh, I, so I got in and the registered nurse came in and uh, he was a gentleman. And that will be important to the story. So they're trying to decide if they want to give me like a CT scan or just a jaw x-ray. And eventually the doctor just, uh, the doctor comes in. He's checking me. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to give you an x-ray. You don't need all that extra crap in your body, radiology, whatever it is. I can't even think of the word. And uh, he was like, so wait, how did you, what happened again? I was like, I was playing baseball. And he goes, softball? <laughs> the fucking doctor <laughs> so then the nurse comes in and he's like so we're gonna give you a, a jaw x-ray uh when was your last period and i was like i don't i don't know i i never remember when my period is because i forget that i ever have them until i have them because in my mind i'm just a 13 year old boy and then i'm like oh damn it <laughs> there's only two times that i actively feel like a woman and it's one when I have my period and two when So Emotional by Whitney Houston comes on the radio. 
Those are the two times that I am at my most feminine. So I just said that because I just never remember. I was like, oh, I think it's coming up soon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he goes, well, I'm going to have to give you a urine test. And I was like, just not thinking about why he was doing it. And I was like, wait, why? And he's like, well, if you don't know, you might be pregnant. I was like, I'm not. Because <laughs> remember, I came from a baseball game. I was wearing baseball shorts at the knee. I was wearing knickers with pulled up socks. I still had my cleats on, a baseball hat, and a three-quarter sleeve shirt. And he's asking if I'm pregnant, which is very funny. And so he's like, well, I... I don't, I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check. We're gonna have to test your urine. And I was like, look, I am a lesbian. I don't have sex with men. 100% I am not pregnant. And the registered nurse just looks at me and goes, high fives. I was like, I love Obamacare, give it to me. It was so great. It was so great. Oh, man. I, like, wanted to talk to you guys more, but that was so much fun. I almost feel like I'll save it for later. What do you guys think? Do you want to get some comics going? Okay. I'll tell more jokes later. I'll tell more, more thoughts later. Although, no, I'll tell you guys this last thing. I was talking to my dad earlier, and my dad and I, we don't have, like, a super great relationship. We've been working on it because, like, my parents got divorced when I was super young. And, uh... He, he moved in with his dad. My mom moved in with her parents. So I was like raised by these non-teen teen parents in their parents' houses. Like my dad moved into his dad's basement. And so I was raised in a basement. <laughs> when you're raised in a basement, you learn many things. Number one, always keep your shoes on. Number two, if you have good reception on your television... Don't touch it. <laughs> and number three, if you eat your dinner on an old weight bench, you will become a strong lesbian one day. <laughs> but we've been working on our relationship, trying to figure it out, because, you know, life keeps moving. And so he gave me a call, and I decided to tell him, I was like, I'm going to open up with my dad. Hey, Dad, I got a new pair of work boots. That's what I told him to really open up, to open the channels. <laughs> so he starts listing off, like, model numbers. I was like, oh, no, 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 it's 8771. I got that in the russet, you know? They only make it in the small ones. We were, like, talking about these work boots, and I was like, it worked. The work boots worked. We're talking to each other like two real people. And then he goes, oh, hang on. And he, he had to go answer his door, and he comes back. He's like, oh, my work boots just got here. I thought that would be funnier. <laughs> I took a chance with my dad talking about work boots, and then I like brought upon the delivery of his new work boots. And now we're entering into an era of new work boots together. As father and daughter. As father and the son that he never had. <laughs> well, you guys, do you want to watch a comedy show? I mean, it has been a comedy show, I think, up until now. But it's going to continue to be a comedy show. Um, we have so many great comics coming up. I think I just undid this. I'm so sorry. You guys, I got hit in the face with a baseball. <laughs> it was a 
screaming grounder to second base. He was left-handed, and he just really pulled that ball, and I was judging the hops. It's a crappy field. You can't judge the hops on that field, and it went just past the grass. Oof, and it just took a wicked... Everybody told me it was a wicked bounce. I mean, everybody told me it was a wicked bounce. Okay, we're going to get the show started. This first comic, it is his first time on the show, and I believe his first time to Los Angeles. So, given that we are the world, how about the world gives a super huge round of applause to this next comic when I say his name, right? Sound good? Awesome. This next comic, we kind of started around the same time in Chicago, and we used to do uh, open mics and all kinds of stuff together, and now he's killing it out in New York. So please give a warm welcome to Joel Kim Booster, everybody. Rhea Butcher, everybody. Keep it going for her. So exciting. It is so weird that you guys think you're the world when New York is the world. I don't know um, what to do about that. Okay, I started off on the wrong foot. Uh, I understand that now. Um, I am so excited to be here in LA, though, for the very first time. Um, It's been great. It's been really great, and it's a great way uh, for me to end my really shitty summer. Um, I've had just a terrible summer. It started off, I went into the doctor, and he told me I had to quit smoking weed because of my asthma. Um, so now I'm just addicted to pills. Um, <laughs> took a real sharp left turn right there at the beginning of the summer. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you guys, I have done a lot more cocaine this summer than I planned originally. <laughs> and cocaine is not the lateral move away from marijuana that I thought it would be. <laughs> it's a very different drug. Um, Case in point, uh, two weeks ago, I stayed home and did a couple lines of coke and then watched Gone Girl by myself. Um, Which, let me tell you guys, it's sort of like putting a hat on a hat, you know? Uh, Two fine ideas on their own, and then suddenly you put them together and you've sent a lot of text you can't take back, you know? It's just, it's not a fun experience. Um... Yeah, and then the summer's always kind of hard for me because uh, last week uh, marked the eighth anniversary of me being single, everyone. Uh, That's right, eight years of single. Okay. Um, Some mild support and none of the shock I was looking for, but that's fine. Uh, Yeah, eight years. It's a long time, and when you have been single for as long as I have, you tend to get a lot of, like, unsolicited advice about how not to be single anymore. Like, I hear a lot of, like, you know, Joel, you have to stop being so desperate. Don't be so thirsty. Like, play hard to get. That's the one that I hear most often. Joel, you must play hard to get, which is very difficult for me to do because I'm very easy to get. Um... (laughs) It's not hard. I've been tricked into a lot of situations. I'm very sexually gullible, as they say. Um, I am so easy to get. In fact, like I have in the last calendar year, this is 100% true, I have been stood up by three different men on three different first dates. Um, which, I know, it sucks, I think. But the worst part about it all is just not knowing how those men died. You know, like what <laughs> happened to them? <laughs> Is it a grease fire or sort of animal attack? I don't know. You know, I'll never know. It's so hard. And that's not even counting the number of men who have ghosted me this summer. We all know what that term means. You know, like when you are like texting with a guy and then you help him solve his own murder and then he passes on to the next life and doesn't say goodbye. There's not enough time. You know, uh, they don't give you enough time. 
It's really hard. I don't know. It's interesting, too, because, like, right now, as a single gay man, like, all of my straight male friends are just like, what are you talking about? I wish I were gay. You know, if I were gay, I'd just be fucking all the time. You know, just nonstop fucking. Um, Which is interesting, because I don't know where straight men got confused about homosexuality and think it's just a doorway they can walk through where suddenly they they won't look like garbage anymore, you know? Like, it's not how it works, okay? You still will look like trash. And it's not easier in our community. You know, we grade on a much different curve than you guys do. Like, in Chicago, I was like a solid seven. And in New York, I'm like a six. And here in L.A., I'm like a solid burn victim, okay? It's just not... Easier for us, gentlemen. It's not. I know that sounded kind of harsh, but I know the rules of the game I'm playing, okay? Um, It's just how it is. I think the hardest part about being single right now is just the Saturday and Sunday afternoons lying in my bed, just being like, don't masturbate again, don't masturbate again, don't masturbate again. And then just having like a conflicting voice chime in and be like, yeah, but who are you saving all these loads for, Joel? Like... Who's waiting for these loads at the end of the day? (laughs) Nobody. Set the loads free, okay? If you guys take one thing home with you tonight, it's set the loads free, you know? Uh, There's no reason to hold on to them. Uh, That's what I'm saying. It is difficult waiting uh, to be texted back. I, I, the, the whole like culture of texting has really just gotten into my brain and really fucked me up. Like The other day, my mom texted me hey, can we talk? And I immediately was like, oh my God, my mom's going to break up with me. Oh, (laughs) she's breaking it off. Um, Which I am adopted, so it could happen, you know? Um, (laughs) At any moment. (laughs) Somebody forgot. I never told her no take backs, you know? So (laughs) she could just change her mind at any moment. Um, It's very difficult for me. I uh, was adopted by a white couple in the mid-80s. Like many Korean babies, Korea in the mid-80s, it was like the grub hub of babies. You know, they would just fly a baby straight to your door, no questions asked. So I don't meet a lot of, like, cultural expectations for what an Asian person should be, you know? Like, I don't know karate. I'm terrible at math. My dick is huge, you know? So it's just like one on top of the other, on top of the other. It's so hard. At least I think it is. I, it's hard for me to tell sometimes because every time I look at it, it's pixelated. So, um, yeah. A couple perverts in here. That's good to know. Uh, good to know. My parents, though, they did like a really great job of raising me, though. Like, I was um, growing up like a pretty gay kid, um, which. I don't know, it's sort of a silly premise if you think about it. Like, every gay comedian has that premise. Like, I was a gay kid, listen to how much. Um, But the thing is, is like, have you ever met a six-year-old? They're all faggots, you know? Like, it's just like, that doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. There's not a six-year-old walking around right now crushing puss. Like, it doesn't happen. We were all pretty gay. We all wanted to marry our moms, you know? Like, chill out. But for the sake of the joke... Um, I was a pretty gay kid, and it was never more apparent than it was 1994. Uh, It was Christmas, and I wanted what every little boy in the nation wanted for Christmas that year. You guys probably know what it is. It was the Crimp and Curl Pony by the Cabbage Patch Company. That's crazy, because East Coast audiences, they just scream it out. You know, they just yell it out. 
so it might be regional. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah, I wanted the crimp and curl pony. My mom was super cool. She got it for me. I opened it up on Christmas morning. I just started crimping and curling right away. And my dad, he was not as excited about it. He looked at my mom and he was like, Janet, what the fuck? Like, this is a girl's toy. Why would you get him this girl's toy? And my mom looked at my dad and was like, well, Ken, um, my brother Bob, he used, uh, used to get baby dolls for Christmas, and now he's a pediatrician, so. <laughs> Case closed, you know? And then, and then my dad looked at my mom and was like, what the fuck do you think he's going to be, a fucking horsehair stylist? Like, what's the end game here, Janet? And... You know, I can remember my dad saying that, you know, and I, <laughs> I was just six years old, and I remember thinking, um, is that a profession? Is that something that I can do? Um, does it require a certificate? What do I need to do? Can! All right, I'm Joel Kambuster. Thank you so much. Joel Kambuster, you guys. Christmas is such a funny gay kid holiday. So I found a Christmas video from when I was like three, I think. I started watching it. And I was so tiny, obviously, because I was three. What if I was six feet tall when I was three? And then I shrunk as an adult. That would be great. So I had this long blonde hair, like super curly, pink corduroys on, just adorable. And I was the only child, so I was like uh, the elf for everybody, all the adults in my family. I was passing around all these gifts, so I passed them all out. And then it came time for me to open mine. And I had my back to the camera, so you can really see what it was. I like opened it, and you could just tell I was like freaking out, super excited about what I just got. And I lifted it over my head. You still can't really see it. You just hear my grandmother off camera go, Oh, who gets a little girl a tool belt? <laughs> The thing is, nobody knows who got that tool belt. Some people say nature versus nurture. I say Santa Claus. Because ever since then, Don, we now are gay apparel. I mean, think about it. He does look like a bear. The big belt, shiny black boots. Come on. You've thought it. Now you have. The other awesome gay kid holiday is Halloween. And every year when I was a little kid, I would just like walk up to my mom on Halloween night, dressed in a full suit. She'd say, Clark Kent again? It's my favorite. It's the only time it's socially acceptable to dress on the outside the way you feel on the inside. It's like Johnny Cash. It's the Johnny Cash of holidays. I'm gonna make this funny. <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh at me. But you're definitely gonna laugh at this next comic. Beautiful segue, come on. What is this, a comedy club? Holy crap. She is also in from New York, and I, this is also her first time on the show, so please give a warm welcome to Allison Levy, you guys. <laughs> Oh, great. 
right. I, uh, I am. I, I don't come to L.A. often. I, uh, I wanted to fit in today, so I had a kale juice earlier. Uh, it's, it's not a joke, I know. Um, just from what I can tell about the way that they work, if you don't tell everybody about it, you don't get the health benefits. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to get healthier, though. Like, that's the thing I'm doing. I've been losing a lot of weight recently because uh, I've been on this wedding diet, which is great. Um, that's where I don't eat until someone wants to marry me. It's <laughs> so hungry, you know? <laughs> Just like starving. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I am here from the. I, I live in New York. Uh, I live in a studio apartment there, uh, or as I like to call it, a practice coffin. <laughs> it's fun. I used to have tons of roommates, you know, in various apartments. Like now, I live alone, and it's so great. Like sometimes I miss the power dynamic of living with other people. So like every once in a while, I'll get home at the end of the day and just like eat a salad in front of my house plants to establish dominance, you know. <laughs> Like, you're next. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> no, we have fun, you know. <laughs> now, I uh, I had a weird experience in my building though. Before I came here, I was in my laundry room doing laundry, and this girl came up to me and she was like, "Hey, you live in two uh, B, right?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I do." And she was like, "Oh okay, cool. I live in you know below you in one B." And we ch- we chatted for a bit, and at one point she said to me. You know, you have, like, so much morning sex. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and she was like, no, it's fine. It's just, like, I hear all the banging and the screaming and the moaning and all that. And she's like, good for you. That's awesome. But just, like, I live below you so I can hear all of it. <laughs> and I was like, that is so embarrassing. You know, I'm just putting on jeans every day. <laughs> Skinny jeans. Why? <laughs> I haven't exhaled while wearing pants in like nine years. It's just, it's exhausting. If I relaxed all my muscles right now, I'd just bend at the waist. That's how they're holding me up. It's hard. I, uh, I watch a lot of TV. I hope that's not bragging. Um, you never know. Uh, uh, there's this ad on TV I'm obsessed with. Maybe you guys have seen it. It's for this service where they coach you through the process of buying a car. And like they teach you how to deal with the salesman, know what the financing means, whatever. But in the ad, this woman comes on as a testimonial and goes, oh, this is great. I don't even need to bring a man with me now. Right? It's crazy. Because it's like, lady, then how are you going to pay for the car? (laughs) uh, You guys remember when we used to burn women for being witches? We did that. Like, as people, we were like, nah. Like, (laughs) that's crazy to me. Uh, My friends and I were talking about it the other day because we're fun. And uh, (laughs) it's crazy to me, not because, like, obviously, like, hurting other people is terrible. But, like, what blows my mind about that whole thing is that, like, we burned women at a time when, like, there was no heat. There was no electricity. There was no light. There was no grocery store. There was, you had to buy your own or make your own food. You had to build your own house, make your own clothes. There was literally nothing And we thought that some women might have magic powers. And then we were just like, fuck it, set them on fire. We don't need them. (laughs) Like, that's how much people don't like women. They're like, we don't need your help. Burn to death. Anyway, I got to go back to dying at 30 of old age. Medicine doesn't exist yet. (laughs) 
People hate women, and women are amazing. I think women, like, I think that James Bond should have been a woman. Because, like, to be an indestructible hero, like, that makes more sense to me, you know? Like, every Bond movie I've ever seen, the villain is always threatening him with things like serums and lasers. <laughs> like, that's my skin care, you know? What else you got? <laughs> Like, I feel like just, like, female James Bond is, like, up on that table, just, like, standing there, just, like, laser coming between her legs. And she's like, yeah, get both sides even, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I, t- I, I took Uber Pool here for the other day. That's, like, a new thing for me. And uh, the guy got in the car with me, and he just goes, hey, I'm Aaron, TGIF, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> So, like, he's dead now, right? <laughs> That's where he is? I don't know. I, um, I, uh, this is one maybe some people relate to. Uh, you guys ever have one of those periods where you're just like, that one wanted to be a baby. <laughs> Only women get that one. And I think that's because our sex ed in this country is super, like, terrible. I think it's awful. Like, I, like, the attitudes in sex ed are the biggest problem to me, though. Because, like, I feel like boys show up for sex ed classes at school, and it's just like, um, uh, that's your dick. I don't know, try not to shut it in a door. That's kind of it. Um, you probably figured out coming already. That's super easy. Um, you're going to grow hair on your body. Women love it. Don't worry about it. Anyway, hope you like making money. Being a man is the best. Like, <laughs> girls sex ed had a real different attitude. Okay? Like, I remember going to sex ed classes, and I feel like I showed up on the first day, and they were just like, hey, you know how you like having fun, and you understand what your friends are talking about, and you all get along, and life is pretty good? Yeah, that ends today! <laughs> Like, oh, did you want to understand why you feel like garbage all the time? Here's a complicated biology textbook. Learn science. But you probably can't because you're a woman and you're stupid. Anyway, orgasms only cover batteries. If you grow hair on your body, rip it out. You're a monster. Like... <laughs> it's just like not super fun being a woman sometimes. <laughs> I, uh, I see that attitude carried on into adulthood, though, all the time. And if you look at magazines, like... The headlines for men's and women's magazines are so different. Like, I was at a newsstand the other day and saw two next to each other, and the headlines on the men's magazine were so positive. They were like, get the abs that you deserve, you know? And like, become a grill master. And then the headline on the women's magazine next to it just said, you're washing your face wrong. You dumb fuck. I'm an you guys have been so great. Thanks so much. Allison Lady, you guys. I was just thinking back there how funny it is. How many people that are here right now come to the show regularly? Can you guys clap? I can't see you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I also think it's so funny when Cameron's not here because my energy goes all the way down and then you guys are like, Wow, is she tired? What's happening? Cameron is like the energizer bunny. Anyway, 
Most of you don't come here regularly, so this is completely lost on all of you. So I'm just digging myself down into a trail that you're like, wow, we still don't understand her. And she's speaking even more slowly. Is she okay? <laughs> I am okay. Uh, but I was going to say, Allison was talking about her Lyft driver. And like, you know, I feel like I realized like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm a little depressed because over the weekend, my best conversations were with my Lyft drivers. Like I would get out of the car and be like, wow, that was great. And then just be like, I don't know that person. <laughs> I really hope Oscar wins that lawsuit. Five stars. <laughs> I, I took it, I was in Denver. <laughs> yes. Finally worked. Really got in there. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Oh, it feels good to laugh every now and then. You know, like, we're not supposed to laugh up here, but you know what? I'm going to laugh. It feels good to win one. But I, I was in Denver for a comedy festival, and they had, they had like, uh, you know, people driving you places, but that would cut off at a certain time, and then you had to take care of yourself and get yourself home. And uh, so I, I called a lift uh, to get back to the hotel, and I was waiting for it, and I got this, like, text from Lyft saying like uh, your driver has uh, is a special needs driver just wanted to let you know your driver is deaf and I was like cool Denver is a great place so I was like this is going to be a new experience uh, so I get in the car and she's in the car the radio is on <laughs> think about that for a minute that means one of two things that she has a really awesome friend that was like, sure, I'll sit in the car with you and find a, an appropriate radio station that most people won't be offended by, and I'll even give you the volume choice, or what, like I'll tell you what volume to keep it at. Or she just guessed for the people that were coming in her car, because she's deaf, she can't hear the radio. And I was like, this is a real nice lady. So I get in the car, and she puts like a whiteboard in my face, and it says, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm deaf. I use a whiteboard to communicate. And I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> and so I'm like trying to do like, awesome, awesome. Like, <laughs> I don't know sign language. And I'm also trying to not be like an idiot, you know, but of course I'm being an idiot by being like, ah, great. Like trying... <laughs> Like, I'm sure she really wants me to, like, throw a parade and get a trombone going. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Like, great, you're deaf. Like, I just be chill about it. It's probably what she wants. But uh, so we're, like, riding back and forth. She, she wrote, like, uh, and also it was the only texting while driving that I was 100% on board with. Because she was totally driving, like, turning the light on, being like, and giving like emotions with what she was saying. And uh, so she asked me, like, I could tell by your photo that you're a comedian. Uh, is that true? I said, yes. And then uh, she was like, what are the worst and best parts of your job? And I actually told her the truth. And do you want to know why? Because I knew she would listen. And she did. Like, she read everything that I wrote. Because every other Lyft conversation that I've had, people are like, uh-huh, bye, and just kick you out the door. 
So anyway, that was my best lift conversation. Then the very next lift that I got into, I had altitude sickness. And I got in his car. Has anybody had altitude sickness? It is, yes, it's terrible. Because you're just like, body is turning into bubblegum. And like, you can't see. And then your brain starts breathing all of a sudden. It is the weirdest feeling. So I, I like got in a lift, trying to get back to the hotel. I get in, immediate, just like blue cloud of cologne comes out of the car. I was just like, oh God, this is going to be rough. And so I get in and I, he's like, hey dude, what's up? Like yelling at me like Denver dude. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm so sorry, but I am so altitude sick. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk to you. I'm going to this hotel, and I'm so sorry. I probably won't be able to talk. I'm just going to roll down the window. And he's like, okay, sure, dude. Yeah, so, so you're in here for comedy? Uh, what are you doing? This, just asking me all these questions. And I'm going like... <laughs> and my brain is ble- like bleeding and breathing at the same time. And then we get to the hotel. To the hotel. And I put my hand in front of my face and took into my sleeve. <laughs> And then make it out of the car and vomit into a planter. And he's like, hey, dude, you all right? I'm like, yes. Yes. Then I proceed to puke in the lobby. Yes. This is a sad tale. And then I get into the restroom, and it's this kind of nice hotel, so they had towels in there. I was like, oh, maybe I can clean it up. Maybe this is going to be all right. Like, and I go back out, and it is like just a pile of gravel this big. As though, like, the... Brazil Jesus had just thrown it down onto the carpet. And so I went, no, there's no cleaning that up. And I looked up and there was a security camera right there. Like right, it had a perfect, just beautiful, like Martin Scorsese tracking shot of my projectile vomiting. And so I just like Charlie Brown walked over to the lobby to the hotel clerk. I was like, I'm so sorry. But I got altitude sickness and I puked in your hallway over there. And she went, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> so then I went upstairs and I puked some more. And then today, a gentleman from that festival was like, hey, I had your Lyft driver today. And he told me how funny you were in his Lyft. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And he was like, and you were so drunk and wasted that you vomited everywhere. <laughs> and I just went, no. Because I haven't drank for like three years, and even just the thought of one single Lyft driver being like, what a wasteoid, is like killing me. (laughs) So anyway, the point is, watch out for altitude sickness. It'll get you. You guys ready for more show? Awesome. This next comic is a friend of the show. We love it when he stops by. And he is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel... October 13th, so tune in for that. You guys give it up for Byron Bowers, everybody. What's going on? Was that make-out music? Just thought about that, you know what I mean? Should try to make out to some real gangsta-ass rock and roll music, you know what I mean? How do you kiss it at? You just straight go tongue in the mouth. <laughs> all fast, you know what I mean? You lose an erection that way at my age. <laughs> I grew up in London. Uh, 
of the South, Atlanta, Georgia. I call it London of the South because it's Southern, but it's cultured at the same time. Like, we got museums and shit. Yeah, we balling, you know what I mean? One in particular, we got a civil rights museum. You never heard of shit like that before. Civil rights museum. I was there. I seen it with my own eyes. I was scared to go inside. I thought about it, though. I was like, what's taking place inside this civil rights museum? Like, is it a place where people can go and read about what happened in the civil rights? Or is it a place where people can go experience what happened during the civil rights? I know, that's different, right? You walk in a room, it's set up like a diner. You sit there, you're eating your food. Somebody come slap it out your hand. So we don't serve your kind here. You're like, oh, shit, baby. This is like the real thing right here. Wow. This ain't bad. I almost was scared for a minute, sir. Ooh. Let's go see what's in the next exhibit. Then you walk into the next exhibit. It's quiet. It's like jazz music playing. It's beautiful. Then all of a sudden, you hit by a water hose. Like the, the fire truck water hose and the force is so strong that you can't take it. <laughs> and it blows you all the way into the gift shop where you can buy a Dr. King dry-off towel. <laughs> now look, baby, a loofah. A Martin Luther King. That ain't bad right there. Look at that. Get rid of all that white guilt. Look at that. I was drenched in it. Look how... It's a white guilt puddle right there. I'll tell you what, that's the last time I come to the Civil Rights Museum on Mushrooms, I tell you. My white friends like to get fucked up and go places. Eh? Hey, man, what are you doing Saturday? Shit, man, I'm going to drop some acid. Then I'm going to go down to the Civil Rights Museum and look at stock footage of black people get their ass beat <laughs> over vibrant colors, man. It's trippy, dude, because when the police swing the baton, you can see a rainbow trail off the end of it. <laughs> Boom, and when it hits, some colors explode everywhere. Not colors, colors. <laughs> I like the South, though. I like being from the South. You know what I mean? That's my, that's, I'm born and bred there, you know? That's my roots. We love shit. We love our guns in the South. You know what I mean? We'll shoot up any place. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> Movie theater, church. I'm not mad at the church, because I'm using that as an excuse not to go. <laughs> I'm the only one. I'm milking the hell out that shit. Because <laughs> it's the Bible Belt. They try to pressure you to go to church. My mom called, you going to church Sunday? I don't know, mama, I don't think it's safe. They want me to close my eyes and bow my head? That sounds like an execution to me. I seen those ISIS videos. Oh my God is right. Uh, I know you gonna feel like you shouldn't laugh at some of this shit, but you want to, laugh at it, don't hold it in. Causes cancer, you know? You wanna die of cancer for not laughing at a joke? What the fuck? the church is alone, I don't know what the fuck they talking about now. I don't. I'm like, you should go to church Sunday. I'm like, what are they talking about? She was like, Jesus? I'm like, damn, they still talking about Jesus? <laughs> Shit, it's been 2,000 years. Look, if we ain't got it, we ain't gonna get it, you know? <laughs> it's like math. I think they need a new leading character, don't y'all think? They need to switch it up. I've been talking about Jesus for 2,000 years, you know? Like, I'll go to church Sunday if they like, hey, man, you should go to church Sunday. Moses playing Jesus. I'll be like, oh, shit, Moses playing Jesus? He killed that shepherd role, and I'm going to see him, you know? You got to switch it up. Think about it. It's been seven James Bonds in 50 years. They know how to switch it up, keep people interested in going, you know? 
Think about it. It's been, what, four Jurassic Parks already. It's like evolution got them beat. They need to hurry up. 2,000 years is a long time to be talking about one person. I'm like, who do Jesus think he is? Wolverine? <laughs> I'll be dodging church, coming up with excuses and shit. Baby, when you going back to church? Oh, I'm waiting on the third testament to drop. That's when I'm going back. That first one was good. That second one was a motherfucker. I can't wait for that third one to drop. I'm excited. I got t-shirts and everything, you know? Like, hey, man, you think, uh, you think Jesus is going to make a cameo in the Third Testament? You think he's going to show up out of nowhere like Samuel L. Jackson did in that movie Django? Like, he's just going to walk out the back all dramatic like, who is that Ron Hubbard nigga on that nag? Yeah, man, we love our guns, man. We give a fuck. Two reporters got shot in Virginia, if anybody's into journalism and looking for a job. <laughs> but you got to look at the bright side, people. That's what I do. I look at the positives, the silver lining, you know what I mean? That's the jobs opening up. That's a hard profession to get in. Boom, two jobs just open up, just like that, you know? <laughs> it's true, man, you know? I look at the bright side of things. I'm just glad that this guy who did the shooting was black because it balances out the shooting universe. You know what I mean? It balances everything out. You know how I knew he was black? Because he showed up two years late to his own revenge. That's some black shit right there. He was tardy as hell. I think his unemployment ran out. He was like, what the fuck? These racist bastards? And he showed up. Two years late, man. That's late as shit. <laughs> we got to admit that's late. You know what I mean? Like, I look at the bright side. That's what you got to do. Because life can get tough sometimes. You know the good part about being shot in a church? You don't have to move the bodies for the funeral. They already there. You just bring the caskets in, put a body in, say some words, take that body out, put another body in. It's like a bundled funeral service. And besides, they died praying for heaven. They was in church praying for heaven. They just got the express lane all the way there. Prayer works, people. You know what's bad about being shot as a reporter? There's nobody there to report the news. If I was a black dude, I would have tried to get my job back. I would have picked up the microphone like just in. Two bodies found dead right here on the crime scene. Suspect still on the loose. Police nowhere to be found. Look around. Ain't it grand? More at 7 o'clock. Details. And I would have dropped the microphone and ran the fuck off. Yeah, man, the South is weird. It's a little weird, you know what I mean? I didn't go to the Civil Rights Museum because, you know, I didn't want to pay, like, $60 to see fucked up shit happen in my own culture. No, you pay to see fucked up shit happen to other cultures. You know what I mean? That's what I realized, like, it's other cultures I could pay to go see. Like, I could pay money and go to a museum of tolerance, you know what I mean? Or I can go to an Indian casino. That shit's free. <laughs> it's even better because I got a chance to win my money back. You ever been? I'd be in Indian Casino like, man, that's fucked up what happened to these people. <laughs> Shit. All right, let's go Lucky Seven, uh. Reparations, give me that shit back. Got a chance to win my money back. I'm cool with that. I got a friend, like, who dick so big, <laughs> I brag on it like it's mine. <laughs> You know, I walk up to chicks like, hey, you ain't never fucked a dude with a 10-inch dick before. 
She's like, you ain't got no 10-inch dick? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> but he do. <laughs> she tried to get at him, but she can't because he's married now. And I'm like, yeah, we got to get these big dick niggas off the street. <laughs> we got to get them off the street, you know what I mean? Got to get them out of my neighborhood. I don't like that shit. Like, the way I feel about big dick dudes in my neighborhood is the way racist people feel when I move in their neighborhood, I get it. It's a threat, you know what I mean? It's a threat. <laughs> um, I'm glad y'all laughing at this shit because I feel like you can't say shit no more. Everything's becoming politically correct now. People are getting soft. They are. Somebody got mad. I said the word retard the other day. I wasn't even talking about who they thought I was talking about. I was talking about redheads the whole time. I found out redheads have a recessive gene, right? That what gives them the red hair, the pale skin, and the cheetah spots. And they've been getting treated fucked up since the beginning of time, which makes them the original retards. You know what I mean? And this goes back in the day. And society don't give a fuck. Never gave a fuck about redheads. You know how I know? Look, how, look what society do to people now. They be like, hey, you can't call these people that no more. You got to call them little people. Or you can't call this group that no more. They're called transgender. Meanwhile, I don't give a shit what you call redheads. You know what they call redheaded people to this day? Gingers. <laughs> ain't that weird? Because you really think about it, the word ginger ain't nothing but the word nigger with the letters rearranged. <laughs> everyone I was too busy backstage going Jesus Christ <laughs> after he said that I'm going to tell you guys one joke and then I'm going to bring up we have two more comics on the show do you have it in your hearts for these final two comics because they are great so man the person that started BuzzFeed must be a bazillionaire by now right They must be a bazillionaire. <clears throat> By now, I got hit in the face with a baseball. <laughs> I'm going to make a shirt that says that. <laughs> anyway, okay, we're going to keep the show right on rolling. I, this is also this comic's first time on the show, which I cannot believe, because she is a killer. You guys, please give it up for Renee Gauthier, everybody. Hello, you guys, it's been a big year so far. It's almost over. It's been a big year. I don't know what I'm talking about. Booked an Applebee's commercial because I look like I needed a fucking Applebee's. That's why. That, I'm chain restaurant hot is what I figured out this year, which is fine. I love nachos. I'm tired of pretending. Like, I love them. I love sour cream with everything. I don't care. Give it to me. It's cool. It's refreshing. I'm tired of lying. Do you understand? I'm pretending I have a gluten allergy most of my day. Because I feel like then I won't eat it. But I eat it. Do you know, I'm tired. I'm not going to lie to you guys anymore. Pretending's over for this one. I hate truffle fries. You heard it here. I hate them. 
I don't understand the obsession. I have a friend who gets very angry and thinks the server's lying to her. That well, ma'am, we've never had truffle fries. I don't know if she's mad that she called it, he called her ma'am or that they don't have truffle fries. But either way, who gives a shit? It's oil over potatoes. I'm done with it. Okay? I hate kale. Do you want to know why I hate kale? Because this is what everyone says about kale. Oh, you got to get the right one. What? So I have to go pick out of 10 varietals of kale. I have to Tinder kale, is what you're talking I have to online date fucking kale to get something that you think is saving your life and I think just tastes okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm done. I'm done. This is the I'm done pretending night for me. Okay? I'm going to tell you why in a second. Because I felt a change. You know when you just like feel yourself change? You're like, oh, I'm different. Oh, things are different now. You know what I mean? I watch so much ABC Family. <laughs> I watch so much. I didn't know, you know, until I knew. But I do. And I didn't mean to rhyme that whole time, but it was very poetic, and thank you for being here for it. I, um, this is when I changed. Just... Look, I'm going to ask you to change with me on this story because at first you're going to be like I used to be, and then we're going to change. I was standing at a crosswalk last week. This is very disturbing, okay? It was hot. I was wearing shorts. Should I have been? I don't know. I did it anyway, okay? Guy is waiting at a light. I catch his eye, (laughs) and he gives me the old... The old tongue between the fingers wiggle thing. The old go down on ya sign language, whatever that is. And there was a time in my life that if that had happened, that I'd have been like, oh my God. Like, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I would not even be here right now talking about it. I'd have been grossed out. I wouldn't be able, you right? But I knew I had changed because when he did it and he like slowly drove away, I laughed so hard. Because he was in like this white Taurus and I didn't know they made those anymore. And I also didn't know that they were still doing that sign for going down on a girl. You know what I mean? I was like, very retro, this gentleman. I think I started laughing so hard. I I think what made me realize too that I was changed because part of me was like, he drove away and I would be like, oh, sir, do you think I'm afraid you're going to go down on me? You can't even roll down the window. Like I became like challenging him. Like come and get it. I dare you. Oh, look who keeps driving. You know what I mean? Like who's the pussy now? I don't know what's happened to me is my point. I don't know what's going on, but I like it. I like the anger. I do. I don't want to share food with you when we go out to eat anymore. I want to eat my own burger. Look at me. I love it. I love it. I love every freaking bite. I want it. I want cheese on it. You know what I mean? I just want it. I want it to be mine. I just don't, you know? Unless I don't have money, then we'll share. But for the most part, just let me, please. You know, I, I'm done. I'm tired of hand jobs. Can I say that? Can I say that out loud? Is that going to stop me from getting a man? I'm tired of hand jobs, okay? They're exhausting. They are tired. And I've waited tables. I understand. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's just, I was like making out with a guy, and he's like, You can touch my dick, like creepily, like whispered. I was like, I know, you know, like, I know. 
but I don't wanna. You know, like, ugh. It's just fucking exhausting. It's like, oh, let me just pull it. Your, do it yourself. Go ahead, I dare you. Also, ask me to do something better. Like, you know, like, put me, you know, challenge me. See what I got. Just want a little handwork? I gotta go. I'm just tired of it. I'm ti- I, wear, I wear glasses to see. Okay? I'm fine if you're wearing glasses for fashion, but keep it to yourself. It's offensive. It is. It's offensive. Like, I heard a girl get complimented on her glasses, and she's like, oh, God, they're not real. Everyone's just nicer to me when I wear them. I was like, oh, you're a bitch. I... You know, because uh, applaud. There's a lot of glasses. Applaud. Do you need them? Right. And if you don't, fake it anyway, because I'm angry. But her wearing those fake glasses, like me walking around with fashionable crutches. That's the equivalent of that. Like, oh, everyone's just nicer to me when they think I can't walk alone. Like that's how rude you're being. Stop it. Am I angry that my eyesight's bad? Yeah. Kind of, but do I look great in glasses? Yeah, I do. So stop taking my fucking style. Do you know what I mean? You don't need them. I digress. I got angry. I'm angry. I'm not even angry as much as I'm being real. This is honesty. Reflecting, I want to share something with you that may make you feel differently about me. There was a time in my life that I would rather you punch me in the face then question the authenticity of the Blair Witch Project. Mm, mm -mm. Nope. That shit's real. I took it home. I took it to the theater believing that shit. People were like, Renee, it's not real. They came out, it's not real. I'm like, yeah, okay. It's a documentary on sci-fi. You kidding me? That's not professional camera work. No one can drool out of their nose like that. That's acting. It's thrown. When people tell me that uh, movies are based on a true story, it's a documentary to me. It's real. Eminem, 8 Mile, that was real. T- I was like, ooh, he clearly had a baby with Taryn Manning. And he had his way with Brittany Murphy in some kind of stockyard. No wonder he's an amazing rapper. I get it. Rabbit. Can't let it go. I used to have, I had an ex-boyfriend who we did improv together. And before each show, don't worry, we broke up real hard. Before each show, this was in Chicago, he would play the Eight Mile like theme song, like Ma Spaghetti, like, but like in his, in his shit, like in his ear, like riling up. I was like, "Why are you really getting into it for a yes and situation? Like, you know, like you're you're cool if you just like let life go. You know what I mean?" But he like had a hood. I was like, "You're taking it a little far." Just a, more than a little far. Does something hit you on the head? Was it water? Are we dying? Just tell me. Are we dying? Um, your hair still looks amazing. And that's the truth. Um, I appreciate you guys letting me just be me. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is it. Like, I wear American Eagle. Okay? This is Old Navy. This is American Eagle. I have a tarot card reader. And I believe everything she tells me. And this is how I date. As of today. I want to know your sign, and I want to know it fast. Because if you ain't an earth sign, we gots to go. I'm a Virgo. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, you guys should have known I was a Virgo. Okay. 
I'm going to just get out of here on farts because they're important and I've been thinking about them quite a bit. I've been thinking about farts intensely, like in a game change way, not in like, ooh, farts, like no one cares about that. They don't. It's like, this is like in a political, okay, statement. I'm not kidding. I'm really not. Do I look like I've been joking at all up here? I've been thinking about farts lately. Like, for example, this is how they could change the game. If you're at work and your boss is yelling at you and he farts, mm, he can't keep yelling at you. That's just like the truth, right? Like, you can't just shout fart and then keep rolling. With your anger, no one can bounce back from that. You win. You're good. You know? I think a fart could stop a rape. Yep. Yes, I do. Thank you. Yes, I do. And look, you don't have to like that joke, but you do have to agree with it. That's the truth. It is the truth. Just because Lifetime hasn't made a movie about it does not mean it hasn't saved a life. Do you understand? You feel weird that I said fart and rape in the same sentence? You should feel weird. It's very real. I've been thinking about farts in a real way. Your silence doesn't hurt me. It's gonna t- this is going to resonate for the rest of your life. Okay? And when Lifetime comes out with the fart that saved Rebecca, you'll be thinking of this one. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> I also was thinking about farts recently. Not because I farted. I never fart. I was hit in the face with a nub. Um, but I was thinking about how, because I was watching a movie, and I think it was a period piece. I can't remember. Anyway, it was like from the '80s or something. Supposed to be in. The, they were supposed to be in the '80s, and a guy like. Scoot hopped, sat on a desk, and I was like, oh, he definitely farted when he did that in the movie, because he was just like, Whoop. And people fart when you p- fart when you do that. Like, you just always do, because you're spring-loaded, and it's going to come out. You've been holding it all day. You're at work. You pop on a desk, try to be casual. It's going to happen. And then I realized, like, man, people don't fart in movies. People should fart in movies. But just like a normal fart, not like like some crazy 80-yard in thing. Like, they should just have a fart microphone and add that, like, gritty realism. I mean, we have, like, HD 4K phantom camera. When are we going to have a fart microphone? Fart microphone is real. (laughs) We should have it. Okay, our last comic is coming to the stage. And I just set a beautiful stage for him by talking about my fart microphone. (laughs) It's a great night. He, did you guys know that this show is a podcast? Yes, it is a podcast. So you can listen to it when you get home on Thursday. Because you guys are just going to camp out until the podcast comes out, right? That's what we're all, we agreed. Everybody brought extra shoes just in case. Cool. Um, And he has a podcast. It's called Probably Science. I've been on it. It's a great podcast. They talk about science, probably. You should check it out. You guys, please welcome Matt Kirschen. Did you say bring extra shoes? (laughs) Like that's the one thing that you might need a spare of if you're staying for more than one day? All right, cool. All right, just checking. Just making sure we're clear on that one. Don't want to double up on shoes back to back. <laughs> Don't want to put your reused socks into some stanky old two-day shoes. 
Money's changed you, Rhea. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm uh, English, by the way. I think you had that one covered. Well, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I get Australian sometimes because I've been here for a while and my accent's kind of slipped and also I smile. <laughs> Seems too upbeat. Too Californian. I've, uh, I have. I'm, I'm super Californian. I've been here for seven earthquakes. <laughs> Which, earthquakes... Earthquakes have to be the only natural disaster where afterwards you have to check online to see if it's happened. <laughs> you know, and you're like, was that a hurricane? Did you just feel a hurricane just then? I think I felt a hurricane. Check on the internet to see if that was a hurricane. That could have been a truck going past, but I think that was a hurricane. Because that church roof never used to be in our kitchen. <laughs> Feeling pretty healthy as well. I got my health insurance. Got that all sorted out. Got a free flu shot. I know, that's part of the deal. It's a bargain. You pay 300 a month. And once a year, you get one free vaccination. I'm covered. I'm set. So after this, if you want to come up and cough in my mouth, I'm good. I'm protected. It's a risk. It's a risk getting a vaccination nowadays, isn't it? Because there's a lot of different information. And it's hard to know who to trust. Who do you believe? Are they safe? Are they not safe? Do you listen to Jenny McCarthy, Rob Schneider, and Donald Trump? Or all of medical science? <laughs> yeah. Who's done the work on this one? The World Health Organization or The Apprentice? Where is the science being done? I get the fear. I get the risk. Vaccinations are weird, but they're very well tested. They've been around for hundreds of years. Like, if it was the first vaccine, yeah, be scared, be worried. I, I don't know if you know what the first vaccine is. I do, because I don't want to brag about this, but I recently got Wikipedia on my computer. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of research on this one. First vaccine, late 1700s, Edward Jenner, smallpox. Back then, smallpox was killing loads of people. Like, now only terrorists have it in movies. <laughs> But back then, you could just get it from the pub. Like, it wasn't a threat at all. Terrorists had to do something else. They were like, oh, if you don't give me my money, you're all going to get smallpox. And they're like, you're a week too late on this one. <laughs> Mary sneezed on us. <laughs> Everyone was getting smallpox. People were dying. Except for milkmaids. And the rumor was, it was because they got something called cowpox. Which isn't pleasant but isn't fatal. The dairy workers who worked with the cows didn't get smallpox. And this is what Edward Jenner did in the late 1700s, and this is why science was a lot more fun in the olden days. Because <laughs> what he did is he took some pus from an infected milkmaid's cowpox pox, and he injected it into his gardener's son. <laughs> like, that was just a thing he was allowed to do. No one stopped him. No one even thought it was weird. Like, they just went, here's the deal. I'm rich, you're poor, I'm going to put pus in you. <laughs> Cow pus, to be specific. And then he repeatedly exposed that kid to smallpox. And because that young boy didn't die, Edward Jenner is now known as one of the fathers of modern medicine, as opposed to a horrendous child abuser. <laughs> But you've got to realise what the world was like. That This is the late 1700s. It was only a couple of decades earlier that they officially split apart the medical surgery profession 
from the haircutting business. <laughs> like that was the, the barber surgeon, that was one dude. They just went, he's got sharp things. <laughs> and then in the mid 1700s, someone went, hey guys, do you think maybe these should be different jobs? <laughs> like until then, there's no choice. There's no, you, maybe there's two guys in the village, if you're lucky. You still don't know which one's the good one. There's no online reviews. You have to wait around outside, go, well, I'm not going to him for my amputation. Look what a mess he just made of Muriel's perm. <laughs> but it's late 1700s, that was what the world was like. If you were a rich scientist and you employed someone, you could just do anything you liked. Like, if you were an employer, you basically had all of the power over the employees, unlike nowadays when things are different. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's been a lazy day so far for me. I, 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 I'm going to start my day once this is done. This, that's what I do. I go, like, this is my job, so then I'll go about my daily business after work. Like, I'll go grocery shopping at two in the morning when it's just me and drunks. <laughs> Maybe a nurse. Maybe a drunk nurse. <laughs> Which is the best, because nurses have the best stories, and if they're drunk, they'll share. <laughs> you ever go drinking with a nurse? They're like, like at the beginning, they're discreet. In the end, they're like, now you have to understand. It was a full-sized umbrella. <laughs> so this happened to me. I'll tell you this little story, then I'll get out of here. Um, two in the morning, I'm in a convenience store, and I'm just buying a week's worth of groceries. Bread, milk, eggs, cereal. I put my basket on the counter. I go to get a few more things, and when I come back, my basket's gone. So I'm looking for the employee who's moved it, and then I see the most confused-looking drunk man <laughs> leave with my stuff. Like, he bought my things. <laughs> he bought all of my basket and left, and I, I don't even know if that's a crime. <laughs> Look, I don't think it can be, because until you pay for something, it belongs to the store. He paid for it, so it's his, but I picked it. <laughs> Like, I put the work in, he just swoops in at the last minute to claim all the glory, like, like all Americans. <laughs> so then I have to go back around the store and select all the same stuff and take it back to the same guy behind the same counter who's now looking at me and the basket and the door and back at me, because it looks like I'm copying the drunk guy. <laughs> like, I've never done this before. I don't know how shopping works. That guy looks like he's got the right idea. <laughs> And I tried to be mad, but I couldn't, because whenever anything like that happens, you have to see it from the other point, person's point of view. Because from his side, it's just the world's most convenient <laughs> convenience store. <laughs> like, that's all he knows. He's staggered in there drunk. The guy's gone, what do you want? And he's just gone, this. <laughs> like, thank you. And the, more, the next morning as well, he won't remember how he, he's going to wake up with healthy food and no idea. He went in there probably for cigarettes and chips. He's going to wake up with a hangover and couscous. <laughs> He'll just think he's been useful drunk. You know, useful drunk where you think to yourself, well, I might as well do the jobs I hate the most when I care the least. You get blind drunk and then do all of your chores. It's the tip for life. It's a, it's a gift for yourself the next day. You wake up, all your bathroom tiles are clean. But you're vomiting in the freezer. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot for having me. Cheers, bye. you guys let him hear it and one more time for everybody that you saw on the show Joel Booster, Allison Levy 
Byron Bowers, Renee Gauthier, and Matt Kirschen. And I've been Rhea Butcher. Give it up for Ryan in the booth. And we're here every Tuesday at 8, so come on back and see us next week. Have a great night, you guys. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.